This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Philippians chapter 3, the title of this message is Press On With Joy. Press On With Joy. Philippians chapter 3. The outline of this message is this, that the way we have joy is by knowing Jesus. Can I tell you that knowing Jesus brings great joy? The more you know Jesus, the more joyful you are. Press on to know the Lord, because in knowing the Lord, you are filled with joy. So how do we know the Lord? We know Jesus by avoiding error, by accepting grace, by sharing in his life, and by matching Christ-like models. That's what Philippians chapter 3 is all about. Let's look at that. First of all, knowing Jesus is by avoiding error. In Philippians 3, 1-2, it says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. You see, there, there were legalists who were saying, you're really not a Christian unless you follow the law including being circumcised if you're a male. And this emphasis was totally against the gospel, which is about you're saved by grace, not by works. So you've got to avoid error. It goes on to say, for it is we, this is Paul writing, it is we, uh, me and all of us who believe in Christ, who are the real circumcision, our hearts have uh, been Uh, surgically taken care of so that they're responsive to you, not hard-hearted. And we are the ones who serve God by His Spirit, not by the works of the flesh, but by His Spirit. And we are the ones who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, in our self-effort, though if anyone had confidence in his self-effort, I have reasons for such confidence." So now this is very important. Do you know that you can do nothing to save yourself? Do you know that you're not saved by works, lest you boast that you saved yourself? We are saved by faith alone, by grace alone, by Christ alone, by the word of God alone, to the glory of God alone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are saved by the work of God. And it's not our works. It's not our merits. Our works and our merits are but a filthy rag 
in the eyes of God. But suppose somebody could be saved by their good works. Paul says, I could have been that person. But he says, instead, we are to know Jesus by accepting grace. So he says, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I am of the people of Israel. I am of the tribe of Benjamin. I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. And in regard to the law, I'm a Pharisee, which is the highest level of spiritual leadership. And as for zeal, I even persecuted the church. And as for righteousness based on the law, I was faultless. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. So you can't say to me, I'm a Christian because I had a relative who was a nun. That doesn't cut it. You can't say, I'm a Christian because I had perfect Sunday school attendance and all the medals to prove it for five years. That doesn't cut it with God. It's not your works that merit you before God. It's the shed blood of Jesus on the cross that provides for your forgiveness. It's the righteousness that comes from above, that is from God, that is through faith in Christ, that makes the difference, that saves your soul. Now, there was a little boy, and he said, Mom, Dad, I want to drive the car. And the, kid, the parents chuckled, because he's just a little boy. And they said, well, son, when you reach five feet in height, you can drive the car. So you know what this little rascal did? He went to his room, pulled out a strip of uh, paper and taped it together so it was about as long as he was when he laid down, and he put foot markers, one, two, three, four, and the, it just so happens the top one was five feet. He said, Mom, Dad, look, I can drive. I'm five feet tall. And his parents pulled out a tape measure, and they said, no, you're not. This is a real tape measure, and it says you're not five feet tall. And that's what we try to do. As humans, we try to make our own laws, our own rules to qualify ourselves when we fall short of the glory and the holiness of God. Only through trusting in Christ are we qualified do we have salvation. So praise God for his grace that he's provided. I'm just so thankful for the Lord. And we need to accept grace. You could be a Christian and still struggle with legalism. Last night I went to neighborhood church where they were having a worship service. And during the worship service, we broke up into small groups and we prayed for one another's healing. If there was somebody who had uh, an ailment, we were just asking God, would you please touch this person and, and, and if it be your will, heal them. And so this woman said to me, and she told us what her uh, ailment was, she says, but God wants me to eat my food at five, do something at 6, and be in bed by 8 o'clock. And until I'm obedient to that, 
he's not going to heal me. And when I prayed for her, I said, Lord, may she realize you love her and you accept her by grace and you don't require her to do these things for you to heal her. I pray you'll heal her and out of gratitude, she'll want to serve you in doing this. Can you see how legalism snuck into her mind? And as soon as I finished praying, she turned to me and she says, that's right. That's the order it should be done in. So we are saved by faith alone, but our faith is not alone. It is seen by how we live for the Lord by the power of His Spirit. And I was telling Chuck this morning, I was thinking about this, and I wanted to ask you a question. Are we saved by what we do? The answer is no. But because we're saved, we do things differently. Isn't that interesting? Because we're saved, the Spirit of God inside us helps us to live for God. So we don't uh, obey God in order to please God. We obey God because we're already pleasing to Him. We already have His favor. We already have His grace. And we need to accept that. Speaking of that, Paul says, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage. Notice the emphasis on loss and lost and garbage. Anything that smacks of self-righteousness must be stripped off. Anything that we are thinking saves us, we must throw in the garbage pail. Because you know what saves us? Jesus Christ. And knowing him is of surpassing worth. Knowing Christ is of surpassing worth. So that's why joy comes from knowing the Lord. Considering this, that he says, I consider everything garbage and loss of my self-efforts to justify myself, and I want to know the Lord that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. The Holy Spirit grabbed me when I was studying this because that's the gospel. The gospel is our righteousness is but filthy rags. God offers the righteousness that is his own righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, and if we receive that by faith, we're saved. We need the righteousness that is from God. Unless you're born again, unless you're born by the Spirit, you're lost. Your righteousness, your good works, won't put you right with God. And then next, we know Jesus by sharing his life. This is very interesting. Genesis, uh, Philippians 3, 10 to 11. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. You know, we're called to be in union with Christ. We have died with Christ. We have been raised with Christ. We have died with Christ, 
and we've been raised with Christ. And when we suffer, we're suffering with Christ. And we're dying to self, and we, our bodies will one day be physically uh, raised from the grave, and we'll have glorified bodies. And Paul is not saying somehow attaining, like he had to earn it, or that he wasn't sure it was going to happen. He was just humbly saying, I want to share in the life of Christ so that I experience all of this, and I look forward to all of this happening. And that's important, that we are in Christ and we share His life. He lives in us by His Holy Spirit and lives through us by His Holy Spirit. So not that I have already obtained this, Paul writes, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Now, wait a second. Isn't, isn't, isn't this the, the Apostle Paul, the one who planted all these churches, the one who wrote you know, 12 or 13 uh, books of the New Testament, and he's saying, I haven't arrived? Well, if he hasn't arrived, none of us have arrived. And that's his point. I like to say we're people in process helping people make progress. So we're under construction, and God is growing us in Christ-likeness. But we are trying to uh, press on to know the Lord, and he goes on to say, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I strain toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And the picture here is of an athlete. The word straining is showing that the muscle in his leg is, is straining as he's pushing forward. So to know Christ is to forget what is behind and to fix our eyes upon him and to move towards him. Now, can you forget what is behind? <clears throat> the human mind is an amazing computer. We remember a lot of things that happened to us in the past. But the word forgetting in the Koine Greek means to take the stinger out. So in other words, you may remember the hurts and the pains from your past, but by the grace and the healing of God, he's taken the stinger out so you don't feel the pain of that. So forgetting what is behind, you're focused on that of surpassing worth, knowing Christ and taking hold of him who has taken hold of you. Yes, we're going to suffer in this world, but this world's suffering is a drop in the bucket compared to the glory of eternity. So where should our focus be? On the suffering that we've had in the past or the great glory that's ahead of us. Our focus should be on the great glory that is ahead of us. And no matter what we go through, as, we bring the, as we're sharing the life of Christ, we know he's going to work it out. Finally, we know Jesus by matching Christ-like models. Philippians 3, 15 to 16, all of us then who are mature should Take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already obtained. 
join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. How do you grow in knowing Jesus? Look at others who are growing in Jesus and follow their example. Paul says, follow me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Did you know that the best way that adults learn is through imitation? When we see someone else in action doing it, we learn when we have a role model. That's why small groups is good, because when you're in a small group, when I was a new Christian and I was in a small group, I didn't know how to pray. And I didn't want to pray out loud because I was embarrassed. I don't know what to say. But when I was in a small group, I listened to the people around me, and I heard how they prayed. They just talked to God. And I got more confidence. And by seeing their example, I learned how to pray out loud in a small group. And then I learned how to pray out loud in public. But I had to learn from models, from examples. And so you see examples uh, with the elders and, and with church leaders and with uh, godly men and women that you know. Maybe your mom and dad or your grandmother was a godly example of Christ-likeness. And you follow that example. And that's how you press on to know Christ. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. So there's two ways to learn. There's the way to learn of following good examples and avoiding bad examples. This is what not to do. So this is what Paul is saying. You want to grow in knowing Christ, follow Christ-like examples, not worldly examples, who their focus is on the world. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Isn't this good news? That we look forward to the return of Christ. And the return of Christ may be at any moment. Christ is coming back, and he's coming back soon. And when he comes back, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we who are alive shall be caught up in the air with them to be with Christ forever. Comfort one another with these words. This is going to happen, and we can't wait. Some of us will not die physically, we'll be raptured. And we say, Lord, bring it. Bring it today. We'd love for that to happen. We look forward to the coming of Christ and we will have a glorified body. A glorified body means that just as Jesus rose from the dead and he was able to uh, go through a wall to go into the upper room, he was able to ascend up to heaven, 
our body is going to be glorified like Christ's body. When we see Jesus, we shall be like Him. So we pray and we look forward to this blessed hope, the return of Christ. So there you have it. Philippians chapter 3 and 4 points. Know Jesus by avoiding the error of legalism. Know Jesus by accepting His grace, counting everything as lost for the surpassing knowledge of knowing Him. Know Jesus by sharing in His life, <clears throat> in his, uh, the power and the suffering and the resurrection. And then know Jesus by matching Christ-like models, not worldly models. Can you see how that summarizes Philippians chapter 3? So now I'm calling you to, uh, to make a commitment based on what you just heard. Maybe you uh, haven't received Christ yet, and you need to pray this first prayer that says, I consider my acts of self-righteousness as garbage, worth nothing in saving myself. I trust in you, Jesus Christ, for you are the true righteousness that is from God. Thank you for your grace. If you've never trusted in Christ or you're not sure you've trusted in Christ, pray this prayer now in response to the word of God you just heard. If you are a believer, maybe this second prayer is fitting for you to pray. Lord, I want to press on to know you and to share in your life. Help me to follow Christ-like examples and to live up to what I know reflects you. Would you spend some time praying these prayers or the prayer of your own in response to the Word of God? Let's spend time in prayer, responding to God's Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for hearing our hearts. We thank you for those who've just trusted in Christ now, realizing that righteousness from you is what saves them, and their self-righteousness cannot save them. So Lord, thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the dead to give us the gift of eternal life. We trust in you, Jesus, alone for our salvation. And thank you by your Spirit we can live for you and help us to press on to know you, to really grow in intimacy with you, to experience you in all of our lives by trusting you and looking to you, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. May we fix our eyes upon you, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now bless this church as they continue to worship you in song. Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.